ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back. Cincy Brewcast, we are live from Bad Tom Smith. This is the second time we've been in the tap room. Um, I think we stopped by right after uh, you you bought the, uh, the, the brand and the brewery and started to kind of uh, revamp what this tap room looks like. Um, before we were on the air, I was trying to tell you guys that if you can't hear anything, the volume, these here, will control it. You know, since you broadcast, we may get up as we go. <laughs> Anybody who listens to the show understands that they're they're lucky they can hear anything right now because half the time it doesn't even work. Half the time uh, the the video won't flip sideways and they're looking at us all upside down. And, you know, we podcast it's the internet we can just do what we want that's your best side it doesn't (laughs) do it live that's right (laughs) we'll do it live Um, so one thing that always remains the same though we always start the show the exact same way from the beer fridge and since i've been at work all day i need a beer um i have a couple things sitting in front of me here one i've already drank a little bit of and andy reynolds will be happy to hear that because he texted me the other night asking me if i had had it yet I was ashamed to tell him that I had not, because the precious little gnome baby won't let me leave the house anymore. Uh, we have the Hazy River, which is New England-style-ish, and I'll explain the ish in a little bit, and it's a good-ish. Um, and then the uh, Cold Hearted Killer, mm-hmm. which is the Imperial Stout, which I absolutely love. Um, I, I don't know if we touched on it during the show, but... Um, John, when we had you on at uh, Rheingeist for the uh, craft beer draft, right. the beer week draft, that, uh, I was drinking the cherry cold killer all night long, and it was fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so um, Andy Foltz, uh, brand manager uh, now. Like, yes. Yeah, we should probably... Introduce everybody. T- yeah, yeah. Let's work our way around the table and sure. kind of run some introductions. People can hear your voice, know who they're hearing. Fair enough. So, Andy Foltz, I'm the brand manager at Bad Tom Smith been doing that for a couple months now um, before that I've been in the industry in various ways uh, worked at WCPO for a little bit covering the craft beer industry I think that's how we met uh, we could probably do a show around that too <laughs> <laughs> that, that's one of those tales best not told right <laughs> I think that's a great concept for a show I think so we- I think it's a great concept for a show is to bring all you guys, all you social media guys, all you lead bloggers, put them around the table. Maybe not all of us. Some, some <laughs> <this> yeah. Start <laughs> flying. Yeah. Go ahead and um, introduce yourself. I mean, people John. have heard you on the show. I think this is kind of your third time on the show. I called in. Um, the, I first, called in the, the first, first two were very different types of yeah. appearances. but Yeah, this is John Voitush, uh, co-owner, Bad Tom Smith Brewing. Unfortunately, the better half, Cheryl Gittens, uh, could not be here today. Um, we're very excited to have you back in our house, giving you a chance to really see a full roster of our beers. And as always, we really appreciate all your, your support. Every well, time we turn around, you, uh, you're always treating us honestly, which is all we, we ask. Fairly. There's always a lot to talk about with you guys, too. Like It seems like every time I sit down and talk to you guys, there's something very drastically different happening, and there's, there's always lots of movement with, with the breweries. We look forward to, to sharing more about it today. Fantastic. Yeah, um, I'm Matt Bradley, uh, the assistant brewer. Uh, moved here in 2015, Cincinnati. Uh, got a job with Bad Tom Smith and uh, been cranking it out since 2015, uh, October. Uh, Trying to keep uh, our head brewer, Sean Smith, in line. Uh, it's really hard to do. Uh, usually we do do wets down here 
every now and then because <laughs> he's always got a song in his heart yeah. and I always follow along you know I do harmonies so <laughs> I, I hope to come in and hear you guys actually singing something one of these days I think there's video online like on our Facebook somewhere Pig yeah. War and, yeah, and there will be Sean. more there will be Sean more singing uh, Pig War in one of the fermenters War Pig War Pig in fact yeah. Black Sabbath yes <laughs> So let's talk about, let's start with the Hazy River. Let's talk about that. I, I stopped in on the, the Brew Day, and this is mm-hmm. a collaboration of people that kind of gather that from what we were talking about. I bounce all over the place. I'm, t- I'm a terrible podcast host. <laughs> um, so it's a New England-style IPA mm-hmm. um, brewed in collaboration with Andy from Alexandria, who is not quite open yet. I think he's getting a little bit closer here soon. I, I I'm hoping that you're going to hear some more news from them in the in the coming weeks here. I think he's right on the cusp of being able to talk about a few things that he's just getting antsy about talking about. Um, this is part of the uh, Trial by Jury series, right? Correct. Do you want to kind of tell people what that is? Yeah, the, the Trial by Jury series with us is typically a small batch, five gallons or so, and it's a trial, exactly what we named it. People get to come in, they can fill out a little card and vote whether we do it again, whether we try again in a different way, or whether we nix it. So because of the bad Tom Smith connection, it's trial, so it's innocent, stay, hung jury, try again, or guilty, it's got to go. This is the fourth one in the series? Is that accurate, Matt? I think about five or six, yeah. We did um, red wheat, we did um, two... Versions of our Belgian wit, um, just trying to get the recipe okay. right. Two. We're a coffee porter, um, and then we did the Grazer. Oh, we did the cider. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the, we had that on tap at Sean's house, um, and then uh, we did um, the Hazy River. And then the Hazy River, yeah. which we did a little bit more of this one because we were doing the collaboration. We wanted more people to get a chance right. to try it. Uh, I'm quite surprised it was on because it's still on today because it was very well received over the weekend. We got a lot of positive feedback both on the trial by jury cards and in person. And, so, and that's it's an experimental series, which there's experimental series all around town. Everybody's kind of got their way of doing it. But this one, you come in, you order your 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 side your beer, mm-hmm. you get your little glass of it, you try it, you make your decision, and you get a card, and you fill out. Right. What you want to happen with it, basically. Right. So you get your your, your vote, basically, if it eventually and, is going to make its way to the big system. At the end of which every looks a little bigger from the last time we were here. We'll get there. <laughs> at the end of the trial by jury run, when the keg blows, we collect all the cards and and we pull one winner out, and they get a free howler fill for participating. So it's as easy as I didn't voting. Know that. I know. So that's pretty cool. You fill out a card, you get a beer. Voice your opinion if you want on the back. There's room for feedback. We get some good comments on that, which is constructive and helpful. And then one lucky person each round gets a howler fill. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Can't beat it. So this beer specifically, I, the reason I call it a New England-ish, I think it's better than a New England to me. And so New England IPAs, we did a whole show about them, trying to explain what they are, what they're not, what it means. A little bit softer in uh, the mouthfeel than what I think a lot of people are used to with what IPA is. A little less bitter, uh, a little more fruitier, um, and then, of course, the hazy side of it, which, uh, you know, that's a whole other conversation if that matters or not. But um, (laughs) this is definitely hazy, definitely has that nice soft mouthfeel, 
definitely is fruity, but there's a little bit more of that kind of zip to it that that I appreciate. It doesn't have that kind of there. there there's something about a lot of. I was kind of talking to you about this earlier, yeah. Andy. Uh, there's something that just doesn't sit as well with me with a lot of them. That maybe it's something that they're putting in there or what. But um, <laughs> what could that be? I can't. I can't drink as many of those as I want to, and mm-hmm. this is one where I feel like I could drink plenty of. Yeah. That's a very, very crushable beer. It's it's fantastic. It's like seven and a half percent though, is that right? Yeah. Ish. Seven and a half. That's right. Yeah, seven point three. Um, seven point three. So and it was a great experience um, experience, you know, working with uh, Alexander Green Company. Um, especially when it comes to the brewing aspect, he's uh, an uber geek about it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you got to like really, really tune in, focus on your water profile, right? And that was really cool. Learning some things I haven't learned yet about it, um, and we're really happy with uh, the outcome. Um, we were a bunch of us were down here last Friday when we had it on tap, and. You, place was banging you know <laughs> right. well, everyone's having a good time saw pictures because i wasn't allowed out of the house but it looked like it was fun. <laughs> but i'm glad that it is still on right now shame um not going to be on much longer though i'm assuming no. it's probably getting pretty close and will quickly be followed up by the next trial by jury which um did you guys announce what that was yet um we have a list of different ones we want to try out um haven't finalized on the next one that we're going to be brewing, um, but that'll be coming soon. Um, And we've still got a little bit of the previous one on, too, don't we? Oh, yeah. we got our Grazer. It's an old Polish beer. Um, Smoky? Smoky, yeah, but really light on the palate. Um, It originated back in, like, the, I want to say the 13th century, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) super early. And um, it's a low hot profile. uh, 3.2% 3.2% alcohol. Um, you don't see a lot of breweries out there brewing it. And me and Sean, we like to try some styles that, you know, you don't see very often. Just mm. to, you know, as both like a learning experience for us and also, you know, give people an experience of what that style will taste like. There's know. there's something about kind of an older style that kind of works with the whole Bad Tom Brands too that I don't, I don't know how yeah. conscious that is, but yeah. you know with the, the docks and things like that, like it just it it makes sense here. If that oh yeah, definitely, and that's like what was part of the inspiration for our Kentucky Common, like brewing that because um, I, Bad Tom's roots were in Kentucky, and you know as, as an homage to Kentucky, what better style to try and do and perfect than the Kentucky Common. One of one of the few styles that actually originated in the United States, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, what's that? The Kentucky Common, California Common, and pumpkin ale. I would say, <laughs> yeah, anything pumpkin, um, uh, cream ale, um, definitely pumpkin stuff. I assume is not yeah. being done anywhere. I <laughs> know, <laughs> 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 um, but I think that the what you saw at the docks and how we use the trial by jury series to to start with an idea and see what the customers come back and, and, and say about it. After two batches of it, we decided to take it to the bigger scale. And it's now one of our most popular beers this summer. And it's not just in our tap room, but also at the retail level. Finding a lot of success when we have our servers or, to, or our, um, our brewers are able to talk directly with the customers about the subtle taste that you're going to find with the Kentucky Commons a little bit different. 
And now we've got the Belgian wit, Jackson Hustler, that's going to be coming out, which was also a trial by jury. And we tried it a couple of times, made some improvements, and we said, you know what, this one's ready to, to go and take to a bigger scale, too. So this isn't something we were just kicking out five-gallon batches of beer and just having some fun. It's we're trying to vet out styles, and some of them aren't going to work. Some of them will. I think it's kind of the same concept we'll be doing up in Cleveland with the home brewers. Just right. a and different group of people you know, doing it. We'll definitely be talking about that here in a second, too, because so, I think that's a, a really fun idea you guys are doing in Cleveland. Um, Cole Hardy Killer, um, mm-hmm. big, giant um, Imperial Stout. Tell us a little bit about that. kind of. Uh, 11.9% alcohol. It's always fun to brew because we fill our mash done all the way to the top. And unloading grain is always a blast because it will paint yourself black from how all the roasted malts that we use in it um you end up with a really nice creamy thick russian imperial stout that has a nice roasty character but also has fudge-like characteristics that can back it up and it's about 50 60 ibus so you get just enough hop bitterness to balance out like how thick of a body and like all the residual sugars that are left over after the fermentation and, yes, <laughs> drinks way easier than it yeah. should for eleven point you, whatever percent. You would never know. That's you have to be very careful with that one. <laughs> but it is my favorite beer that we do personally. And granted, I'm lean towards stouts, right. etc. Uh, one thing that a friend of mine commented on: he's used to that kind of anise flavor from an imperial, and right. he thought that's what imperial meant. And when he had that, he he didn't like imperials. He was thinking like old Rasputin. He tried that one and went, I didn't know an Imperial could taste this good. It's an Imperial stout. It's it's a big stout. Like it doesn't right. have it doesn't have no anymore it seems like Imperial stouts they're all thrown in bourbon barrels, they're all you know, they're loaded up with this, loaded up with that, and this mm-hmm. is just a really good solid stout that I don't know if I was sitting outside on the patio right now if it would go down as easy. <laughs> but it tastes really good sitting in the tap room. I'm sure it tastes good sitting around a campfire and even in the summer. And as it starts getting cold outside, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also using it in food, too. Like, I put some in my chili, and my Crock-Pot chili does wonders. <laughs> that that yeah, would be really good. We actually have begun uh, working with Cincy Beer Bronze. The Beer City Sausage. And they've been infusing it with the Russian Imperial stuff, too. He may be stopping by tonight to talk about it, too. That's um, great. Um, oh, Chef nice. Tony's a big, big friend of the show. so yeah. um, <laughs> He's a good guy. Um, I, I heard a rumor that they may be selling the sausage at Party Source very soon. So nice. um, we're going to kind of help him out and plug him a little bit, too, tonight. Um, so we, we kind of touched on it a little bit. You mentioned Cleveland. Um, it's been kind of a... Lots of rumors were swirling for a while about it happening, and then it started happening, and it's it's coming very soon, right? Yes. <laughs> I think I think the first thing I heard was you guys were hoping to be open by St. Patrick's Day originally. That's correct. That's, correct. that's, that's the naive side of John and uh, hopeful expectations. Let's just say we fell flat on our face on that one. Um, you, you, you should be open by St. Patrick's Day, I'm hoping. We uh, All things being in place uh, we actually have contractors on site um, I can actually show you pictures they're probably not going to resonate on on your camera there but uh, brewing systems in the basement we've getting that set up as we speak uh, we've got our cooler in the basement um, we expect to have our soft opening about mid-September 
and we will be open by October 1st. See? Mm-hmm. Before St. Patrick's Day. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> a little later than we just anticipated. The wrong yeah, but, uh, but this is one of the things, too, though, that, you know, the concept that we came in with, uh, this is a learning experience for Sherilyn and myself. And this concept with Cleveland is expected to be able to occur in other locations. And um, we're not in the business of, of building breweries. We're not in the business of, business of owning properties. And this has been a very good education and what it's really going to take to work with the local communities and understand what it takes to actually open up a facility. Um, all of the expenses and time that goes into working with architects and engineers, you just wouldn't have anticipated it with a 2,000, about 2,500-foot retail space. And it's just been an, an eye-opener for us, and it just recalibrates what we have to expect when we begin opening up the next ones. And, and there is plans for other ones, kind yeah. of, um, I don't want to say... Definitely not across the country. It's going to be a very a regional hour, focus. Within four a four-hour hour radius of bubble. Cincinnati to make delivery easy and timely and something that we could support from this location or the Cincinnati location, I should say. The, the same type of feel that you get in the tap room here, you know, kind of a neighborhood bar kind of experience? or The idea really is to find a community and be able to take the comfortable taproom environment that we're trying to aspire to and and bring this bad time feel into that community. And we're not building our own breweries. We're not building our own buildings. We're trying to find a building that has really cool architecture. Um, It's got great traffic flow. And we really just kind of plug ourselves in. In Ohio City, there are four additional breweries that are within 1,000 square feet of us. I mean, you guys are like a... I think I looked it up, and you're a, a two-minute walk from Market Garden, three minutes mm-hmm. from Great Lakes, basically across the street from Nano Brew. Right. I mean, it couldn't pick a better spot to to, to stick the next Bad Tom. Right. Um, and the idea is is to you know, to really uh, be able to feed off of what's going on in the community. And it just so happens with Ohio City, it is the brewing center for northeast ohio so it's not like we're saying we're going to go into the brewing center of every state it just so happens that's how it worked out in cleveland you know in cincinnati is not the brewing center of ohio for the record (laughs) cincinnati is the brewing center of ohio (laughs) northeast ohio i believe i said (laughs) Um, you know but but when you take a look at what we're going to be doing in cincinnati we're going to be part of an economic development project in madisonville and that one we're going to be a little bit more of the central focus from a retail perspective the opposite in Ohio City. Ohio City, we're the tail on the dog. Well, and I, that's what I think is, is kind of neat about the whole idea is, you know, and, and we'll talk about Madisonville, too. Um, Ohio City, it is, it's not about creating a scene. It's about becoming part of a scene and helping to, helping to grow that. I mean, you, you, you've got two lead brewers that you guys have hired up there. Right. Um, but then you, the, the plan is to kind of rotate other people in there also and mm-hmm. kind of... Um, and that's one of the really exciting things there is to do the homebrew project up there where homebrewers are going to be able to find a style, whatever the style is that month. They give us a recipe. We pick six to eight somewhere in there, what we like, collect some samples. Some of us lucky people or maybe unlucky, depending on, <laughs> on the sample, we'll get the taste test and see what we like. And then two people a month are going to get to brew on our system. They're going to have their beer on tap in our cleveland location they're going to be and the system up there is two two barrel barrel. two barrel stout system uh already in place like john said right we're you know building out getting ready to go on that and then we're going to 
they're going to brew with our brewers, so they're going to learn from professionals. While they're doing that, they're going to have a launch party. They're going to get promoted by us. They're going to be entered into a year-long contest, basically, of the winners. So you're going to have 24 people that are competing for a cash prize and a chance to brew on the big system down here. So, That's fantastic. Yeah, you've got a chance to win once and brew on a two-barrel system versus, let's say, your standard five gallons at home. And then once you get into that, you have a chance to brew a 20-barrel well, and it, it gives there's, – there's a lot of home brewers who have this idea in their head that, you know, maybe I could take this up and, mm-hmm. and, and go to the next level and then go to the level after that. And you guys are going to have a really great picture for people of saying, well, this is what know, it's here's, like. here's, here's all of these levels all kind of thrown into one. Here's, mm-hmm. you know, the nano side. Here's the, the, the bigger side. And you have this chance to kind of experience and, it. And if you have somebody that's looking to break into the industry, you come with a resume of, look, I've had my beer done on a professional system. I've brewed on that. I've had my beer on tap at a brewery. Right. So, you know, there, it's a win-win. And even if not, it's supposed to be fun. Right. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> beer is fun. Yeah. That's why we're all involved in it. So, if nothing else, it, it should be a fun afternoon or a fun morning for them to come up and brew. We figured it'd be a four to five hour brew day. And this is something John and I discussed too. Even though that location is in Cleveland, if somebody from Cincinnati wants to jump in or somebody from Columbus or Dayton or, or wherever wants to jump in one day and say, oh, I brew a really good American ale, American strong ale. Knock yourself out. As long as you're committed to coming up, if you get chosen, as long as you're committed to come up on some weekend and spend some time with on our equipment with our brewers, the more the merrier. Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest challenge we saw with going outside of Cincinnati is there's uh, a large group of people who really are passionate about the craft beer scene that they demand that it's local. So we're in Cincinnati, and you say, okay, you're four hours from Cleveland. We already got some pushback. Then. What, right. are you, what are you guys doing? You're, they were kind of lumping us in with some of the national brands. I'm like, hey, you couldn't be thinking farther from the truth. That's not who we are today down in Cincinnati. We're definitely not going to be able to do that when we're in Cleveland. So we came up with this concept to stay really connected to the community itself. Um, most people, when they walk into our tap room in Ohio City, are just looking for a good beer, just like they do here in Cincinnati. They really, it's not that they don't care that it's not brewed up there. It's just that they just want a good quality beer. But I think it is very important for us to still have that connection directly to the community. And we thought, man, there's no better way than to just tap into those home brewers that they're the ones who are always challenging us, always pushing us to do something a little bit different. Well, now they get a chance to stand on the stage and have some fun with us. Right, I think yeah. it's I think it's a neat idea and it, an idea that's really fun to think about it replicated kind of in yeah. other cities. You know, exactly. I know there was talk about Pittsburgh and Louisville and places like that. Like there's you know there's a lot of places that I think it would do really well. And um, again, like you talked about, you know, tie into that community and yeah. I, you can do that just about anywhere, and, and, and I think it's it, it's it's ripe for flourishing in a lot of places. I guess is the, the way to put it. The trial by jury concept has showed us over the last year that people come in, they have already they already kind of like the style of beer, and we like to think that our rosters of beer kind of cover many of those bases. But they're willing to try something a little bit different. They may not sit there and want to guzzle down two pints of it, but they'll want to try a five or eight ounce glass of it. And having three or four different styles from these home brewers, it's no different than having multiple collaborations or trial by juries here. Right. And um, 
I think that's something that we are always going to be very stay very focused on making our quality 12 to 15 beers. And that's why we're going to be doing that out of Cincinnati. That will always be our, our focus. Um, but this, once again, still has that creativity that people like Matt, Sean, home brewers can really just push those boundaries and have some fun. And uh, we still can ensure that we're providing very good quality beer. Absolutely. And that's been the number one focus since I know you took over and, and um, kind of righted the ship and, and aimed it in the right direction. Um, a lot of people said that the brew system that I'm sitting next to wasn't ever going to happen, that it was a load of crap, that Bad Tom could never succeed and never make on the, all these promises. And here we are, you know, step, I, I don't know what step it is in the grand plan of what Bad Tom is supposed to be, um, but I know what the next step is, and that's Madisonville. Um, 2018 is the... Uh, First quarter. Um, the, Right in the heart of, quote-unquote, the, the new Madisonville, the new development that's that's going in up there, um, the old, is it a bank building? It's mm-hmm. the fifth-third bank building on the corner of Wetzel and Madison. The, yeah, the old one, because there's a fifth-third down yeah. a little bit. And so we're not running them out. <laughs> <laughs> the idea with that is not to jump into a neighborhood that has a, you know, it's not to jump into Overline and sit next to other breweries and be like, hey, we're here too. It's 100% say this is our neighborhood and we want to help turn it into something. Um, Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's the Ackerman Group and MKIRK, which is a community development group for Madisonville. Um, For the last five years, they've been working with the city of Cincinnati to try to do something with this area. And unfortunately, it's just never gotten to the point where they've been able to secure the necessary support from a financing perspective. And Ackerman Group has come in and provided that last push. And there's going to be multiple phases over the next five years for the project. This first phase, we're the only retail component of it. Um, Just so happens we're right there on the corner, and there's going to be about 100 units of homes or or other types of apartments that are going to be, be part of that. And it's a residential community, which is really what Bad Tom is trying to do, is plug into a tight-knit community. Now, this one may be unique in that to, to come in and be at the beginning of it, in three years from now, you can start seeing it get built up. And those people that are moving in, the Bad Tom's always been there. Right. Um, that couldn't be that's lightning in a bottle for us. Uh, so it's the perfect scenario. And what's also really good for us is that, and it's been very challenging, is trying to find a location that you can not only have a really, really comfortable, nice tap room, but also enough room for expansion from a brewing perspective. And the building and the buildings that are attached to it are going to allow us to do that. You know, we've already secured three three buildings. To uh, Two of them are going to be for brewing. One of them is going to be for the tap room. Uh, we're keeping the, the structure as it stands right now. There's actually two bank vaults in there that we're converting cool. into sitting rooms that people can enjoy their beers. Uh, we're going to be serving food you know, as well. It's multi-level, um, and I think people are going to be very, very impressed with how a brewery can come in and acclimate itself and really you know, build itself around a community while that community begins building itself out. I mean, we're not going to be sitting here with just this odd structure. It's not, this building that already fits in Madison. Not right? trying to fit into a building like you guys have done here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, exactly. industrial kind of whatever happened yeah. here. But Cheryl and I, you know, we couldn't be happier with the progress that we've been making as a as a company um, being able to bring somebody in like andy now is the final piece to help continue to tell the story 
in the story in the past, you know, we've talked about it, Noam, is this reclamation, this brand that's why would somebody buy a failed brand? And it was a failed brand. And it's not that we're, we're not proud of it. We don't hide from it. And we've come a long way. We're doing all the things that most new breweries already are doing. They already have a 20-barrel, 30-barrel brewing system. They already have brewers that are, are well-seasoned. They know the direction they want to take the beers. But we've had to, to take a few steps a little slower than others. Um, but ultimately, there was always a good approach to the styles of beers. The brand itself, we feel, is something we can continue to do to build on that story. And, and now we're not going to be limited by this, this square cement building we have. It's not, now we can create that bad Tom environment. And Ohio City is going to be the first one. Madisonville is going to be the second one. And then from there, it just depends on you know, how much work Cheryl and I want to do. And <laughs> we have had a number of people approach us about talking about franchises. But, you know, we've been talking to you until we show we can do something and we can do it really well. We're not going to sit there and fool anybody and say, well, I'm going to spin these up. It's very hard running a brewery. It's very hard providing a top-flight experience in a craft beer industry. Very hard to get people to come in when you're in growing communities. When you have five breweries like we do on our doorstep in Ohio City, it's, you're going to get one chance with a lot of those customers. And that's and you guys have spent so much time kind of resurrecting what this brand means and, mm-hmm. and, and, and what Bad Tom is. Mm-hmm. You throw it out into somebody else's hands, and okay. it, mm-hmm. it could do more damage than good if yeah. it's not done the right way. And yeah. I, I imagine the... Uh, well, we hope the, that you know, even coming through this discussion today, you, know, you get a chance to enjoy, I believe there's 12 beers on tap today. And... Mm-hmm. Um, We've got another beer that's in the, in the fermenters, the, the new Belgian wit that'll be coming out. We've got a full roster of beers that we're very proud of. Matt and Sean have been doing a phenomenal job. Uh, we've been working with uh, another local brewer, Urban Artifact, to, to continue to improve our, our brewing practices, being able to share ideas, things like that, that that's helped us in our maturation process. And we feel like we have all the tools, and we've got the creativity, and we've got the right people, and they have all of our support. And now it's just cutting them loose. And Cheryl and I will just really look at what the business opportunities are and just let these people just do what they do best. And I think everybody's really lined up for a lot of success in the next couple of years. Absolutely. And I, I for one, I, I, I'm excited to see, like I said, every time I come in here, it seems like there's something else happening. And there's a lot of places that, you know, as far as improving what they do, you don't see that as much. You see a lot of focus on, on growing and a lot of focus on um, other things. And you don't see a lot of just, we know that we have an issue here, 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 and here. That's what we're focusing on and, and being open about it, being honest about it, and, and yeah. taking steps on each of those. And yeah, the, the transparency is not something you see in the industry a lot because a lot of people are afraid of copycatism or right. they're afraid of... You know, whatever it happens to be. But like John said, we don't run from it here. That things are what they are, but they are what they are now. And that's the, the point of discussion that I have been trying to focus on with people since I've come aboard is let's focus on what's going on now. I don't want to talk about four years ago because that's done. Nobody's going to change it. It was a different brewery, different owners, different everything. So let's talk about what's going on now. And I've been bringing people in, some of whom have never heard of Bad Time, and they leave and say, I, I had a good time. You know, some of them have been here before, and they maybe didn't have the best experience from a beer or a taproom standpoint. Some of who promised a write-up and still haven't done it. 
I've been waiting to read that. <laughs> I'll, I'll call him out. I've been waiting to read it, Eric Smith. But but those people have come in and left with a good taste in their mouth, literally and figuratively. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. And so I'm not saying to anybody, give another chance to anybody. That's, that's why he's the brand manager. That's, good. that's, that's good. correct. That's that was very intentional. And um, we take quality control very seriously here. We have for the past couple of years. We're very adamant about documenting uh, everything that we do. And then even after, you know, we, we put something on, like, in kegs, you know, every batch. We um, we have these judge sheets, these uh, beer score sheets, you know, and we're honest with ourselves. You know, here's some things we can improve upon, you know, so-and-so. And, you know, and you really see that with our each batch that's coming out. It's just, like, one step better every time, right. and we're mm-hmm. really excited about it. I think everybody, what's really fascinating to me, not really coming from a craft brewing background, not being somebody who, who drinks and is passionate about the product itself. I'm passionate about creating a successful business with Cheryl. Um, but what's really interesting is, is that customers from day one that a brewery opens up, they think that they're world-class brewery. You don't realize how challenging it is to create a really good product. It's not that the, the, the brewing system could be the top of the line, the brewers can be top of the line, but it still takes time to hone in on what is that taste that I'm trying to get to. And there's this de- the customers are demanding. They're demanding. They come in day one. They want everything on that tap system should be tasting great. Right. And that is, there's very few businesses that I know that you're expected to just you get to nail it from day one. And if you don't, you may not see those people again. And, uh, you know, we... Did you know what you were getting into? When oh, absolutely you were- <laughs> not. I, I talked to a number of people, and you know, Cheryl and I, we're getting married in November, and you know, we, we've sat here and we thought, we put our wedding off for over a year and a half. Um, did not realize how much personal time it would take. Um, the capital side, that's, that's one other discussion, because you do need to be able to provide the, the team with the right tools. You need to be able to, to find the right location, so the money has to be there, but you know, you can't be somebody that's on the sideline. You have to bring people in like Andy who, you know, to be able to bring somebody in like Andy Foltz who has been working with the industry for over five years in different roles and has watched many breweries grow, many breweries um, you kind of just plateau, and others have just fallen off. And for him to commit full-time to us at this stage, we hope that that resonates with a lot of people who... Um, look at somebody like him who's seen the warts, who's seen the success of others and, and say, you know what, I'm going to tie my, tie my sales to them and, and help them to grow. And that means that we're doing a lot of the right things. And, you know, no, we didn't expect it to, to be this challenging. Uh, but I will tell you that, you know, we, we're fully committed. And these guys know that anything that they need within reason, you know, we're providing to them so that they can be successful in what we're asking them to do. Well, and, and the other question that I would ask is, did you expect it to be as rewarding as it is? Not, not, not necessarily. You know, we, we, I think the thing that's been the most challenging for me, the, the financial side, Cheryl and I have had businesses and we're entrepreneurs. You know, this, is, this one's taken a lot more time than we anticipated. I was talking to Andy earlier, and the thing I think is most challenging for me is, is not being able to develop some of the personal relationships that I like to. Being in Cleveland for the last couple of months, I'm even away from our guys. Cheryl can't see, see the team. Not being able to spend time with Scott over at Blank Slate when he's trying to go through his transition. Other brewers that are coming on or other breweries that are coming on. Uh, so much is happening so fast for us 
that it can't take advantage of some of those friendships that, that I really like. The monetary side of things, we knew we had a good plan. And as long as the industry was continuing to grow, we knew we'd find our niche. And um, we're excited about the reward, Andy, that we're going we're gonna to see. Uh, so that's always been expected, else we wouldn't have committed like we have. But, uh, but it, it has been very, very fun up to this point. And uh, we expect the next couple of years to really be really be a cool ride with us. I think it's about to get really exciting. So yeah, yeah. Well, I look forward. To it. Oh yeah. I think it's time to switch over to the beers. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna grab Sean so he can come over and join the conversation. Um, Andy is a, or, or uh, Chef Tony is here too. Yeah, so. Let me grab um, Tony. Um, grab grab Tony for me. We'll take a quick break. Okay. Um, we'll be back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest and harvested. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8 Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across southwest Ohio and northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. Hello there. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. 
This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> We're back. Sensi Brewcast. The voice of Sensicraft. I'm the gnarly gnome. I'm gonna guide you through the sweet sounds of craft beer tonight. <laughs> I am. Um, every time I've done a show for like the last I don't know, four months or something, I say, Oh, I need to change that music. It's way too mellow for Sensi Brewcast. And I still haven't changed it, evidently, so uh, we'll get there. <laughs> That's what we're doing, though. We're having a beer, just talking. Mellow's good. Mellow works. I need something more exciting, something more, you know, some, some, some rock or something. I don't I'm know. Here, Put some <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, <man>. Tony's here. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Chef Tony, welcome back. I don't know how many episodes you've been on at this point. It's like four or something like that. Does that sound right? Yeah, I actually probably what do you know, drink check. I'm a gnome whore. <laughs> we we love Chef Tony on the show because he feeds us. <laughs> he feeds us the most wonderful beer brats. I'm eating, uh, drinking the uh, pumpkin. That's nice, good. nice. Had a good. Trying to figure out which mic you're on here. You're on three, I think. Um, pull it in a little closer to you. Hello. There we go. <laughs> You're drinking the pumpkin? I am. I the, just went uh, up to uh, Sean and I said, all right, this is pretty good. It's kind of earthy. I said, what's in it? So he gave me the secret earth? ingredient. <laughs> yeah, earth. It's the love. A little bit, little bit of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, my first one of the season. Um, I had a little tiny sample size of pumpkin Jungle Gyms um, a couple weeks ago. It's already um, out? Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. my wife got it and she's like, I'm not going to finish this. Do you want it? And I... Can't sure. say no. Sure. So I've already broken the pumpkin seal. It seems like there's a lot of uh, local breweries that are kind of dissing the whole pumpkin scenario this year. Yeah, so there's let's talk about that a little bit. So Rivertown is probably the biggest one that pumpkin was always this huge part of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, gone. Um, mm-hmm. Mad Tree is still phasing it out. I, I think there's going to be some... Only, I think, I, right? No, no. Mad Tree's going to do one more canning yeah, because they have like, leftover cans. Oh, they're going to use whatever yeah. cans they have sitting around oh, and just kind of push it out. can. <laughs> That's one of my favorite pumpkin beers. Uh, well, well, yeah, because I, I thought the joke was if they didn't can it, they'd have to call it Pum Draft. <laughs> <laughs> pum Keg. <laughs> pum Keg, yeah. So, uh, it's... You guys are... Uh, going to get to the point where you're one of the few around town that's that's got some pumpkin beer on tap you know that, I, that's, I, that's heartbreaking for me i love pumpkin beer. <laughs> i don't blame people you know uh back um before i moved to cincinnati i live in lexington i worked at liquor barn and um i was there as the beer manager um when the pumpkin craze really took off we'd have case stacks of schlafly pumpkin and like pumpkin and they wouldn't last a day Everything mm-hmm. was gone. And then, mm-hmm. like, over the next couple of years working at Liquor Barn, um, I'd see those K-Stacks sitting there and sitting there. You know, people were buying less and less. And then it's almost like you can't give away Shalafli this year. And right. it, it's a shame because it's one of my favorite pumpkin ales. Well, um, I've noticed it with um, with uh, Dogfish Pumpkin mm-hmm. uh, over the last few years. You know, it was always this big deal to get yeah. pumpkin. 
and then he would start seeing it on closeout. And then you start seeing more and more of it on closeout. And pretty soon you're buying four packs for $1.99. Oh, I did that at... Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> We all did. What's that market in Anderson? Uh, we, country Fresh. But we yep. shouldn't tell too many people about Country Fresh and Anderson and on Vine because mm-hmm. they're like the greatest little honey holes of craft beer. Yeah. There is still barrel-aged K-hole sitting on the shelf. All right. No one else go there but me. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've never heard of that beer. Excuse me. <laughs> we got... <laughs> There, I was there last week, and there was still fire iron sitting. Really, cases of it wow. to stack. I mean, Ooh. so it. You know, if You're anybody not to hold beer, but Jamie down there. here holds me back my zombie does. <laughs> oh He's man, I almost see we're we're blowing all kinds of stuff out. <laughs> I, I almost like got threatened at the gas station the other day. Well, the, the Ameristop on Wooster. You got threatened like, at the Ameristop. <laughs> well, I, I stopped and bought a twelve pack of uh, uh, Revolution. Um, they're like Hero. 12 pack mm-hmm. he's like hey man there's zombie dust back there why don't you grab that and i'm like i, I don't know I've, I've had it a million times you know <laughs> people don't understand um that sometimes with some of those beers the the novelty has worn off and it's not still a great beer i yeah. think they get upset because of the uh limited availability well yeah they at probably some point you're just going to be like you know what screw it dude you don't want to put out more than two 12 packs per retailer you know i can go with you know stones reunion double ipa and it's you know it's because you used to have to fight over like allocations yeah. you know of those specialty beers and when they don't see those allocations sell it's just kind of like oh what's the point of me doing that you know yeah. <laughs> well the reason i collect it is every october 1st we release zombie worst which is all infused with zombie dust. And so during that process, I mean, we would probably do a 1,000 pounds of pork that month, and I have to collect six packs as I can get them and hold on to them until the end of September when we make it. It's only out for 30 days, but, you know, it's hard six-pack to come by. Right. Yeah. I've got a a secret place in Kentucky, so you let me know if you need some. (laughs) When it comes in, it's no, no limits. And like I said, it's a secret, and I'm not telling anybody where that place is. So, so last night, and I got to tell this story because I was kind of <laughs> miffed. Last night, uh, O'Brien's tweets out that they've got zombie dust. So, myself and my wife, we go over, and uh, we walk in to get it, and uh, Ben would only give us one six pack, and I'm like, dude, she's a totally different person. Sell her the other six pack. She's not even the same sex as I am. <laughs> That's two different people walking into the same venue, mm-hmm. and you say one, you know, per person. Okay, well, we're two different people. You know, she likes it too because she'll drink a bottle or two. And I've I've seen Jungle Gems put up signs that say one per family or something like that, which right. I don't know how you enforce that, but no, no, it's just you know. He's like, well, we only got two cases, and I'm like, really? What, what the do they care? Three, what, do, what do they care if if it's? I'm paying the same price as the next guy that walks through the door. So yeah. what's the difference? Yeah, but yeah. everyone knew you were going to drink that other six pack. So. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, so we probably before we kind of get off and start talking about Bruce City Sausage and what you guys are doing, we need to kind of address the big thing that we haven't really talked about yet and that's the guy down the street okay and what happened um i saw a post today from uh from somebody online and you know i never knew scott personally 
but I know he's very well respected in the brewing community, and I know that he would go out of his way to do a lot of things for a lot of people. My opinion on it is now you've got some of the staff members throwing these, you know, come by the glassware stuff that's going on, and I'm just a little peeved that, you know, where is Scott? Okay, why, why don't you just come he, out and say what the deal he, is? He, he, he did. He posted he did today, today, right before yeah. right before we went live on, on the show today. Okay. He did post a, did. a blog post. And that's my bad because I have not read that or seen that yet. So, uh-huh. and, and... But I don't if, understand why it took so long. Well, if you... Well, S- Scott is a very um, uh, stubborn in a lot of ways, um, determined in a lot of ways. What, what are some good ways to describe kind of what that personality is the, the best way to describe the personality to me is one of his beers the lesser path that's <laughs> because that's, he's going to do things the way he thinks is right whether the, the crowd goes with him or has gone before him or not and then the blog post he released today he explained that he thought the right thing to do was not to be in people's eyes and for two reasons one he didn't want it to become about him he wanted it to just kind of fade off into the sunset and he didn't anticipate that reaction and I can see that knowing him a little bit and the other thing is he's hurting and he, he should be and, and quite frankly we all are as craft beer fans in this city because that was the brewer's brewery that's how I always described mm-hmm. it when I was in other roles, when I was at other breweries when I've been here that's the Brewer's Brewery. People go down there to see what you can do, or did go down there, to see what can be done with beers. And I, I honestly don't know who's going to take up that mantle right now. I, oh, definitely. Like, there were days where I was out of my realm when it came to, like, some brewing knowledge, and there was no better person to go to than Scott because I'd walk in, they'd be brewing, I'd ask Scott a question, he had the answer right away. And when I saw that posted on Monday, I was just like, really? Like, it was so frustrating. Well, you can talk to to almost any brewery around town and say, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what's your story with Blank Slate? And there was, there's something with everybody, you know, he, he had some kind of effect on every single brewery, you know, he would get frustrated at times and, you know, do his, I'm I'm not going to talk to another new brewery. I'm not doing it. I'm yeah. sick and of then it. The next and, day. and then somebody would walk in and, and he would sit there with them right for there. hours and, yeah. and tell them why they should do what they want to do, why they shouldn't do what they want to do, how to do it, the mistakes that he made, the mistakes they're making, you know, and he yeah. he didn't cut corners with it. And I think that's he didn't cut corners with anything. No. No. He did not. He um it, it was the brewery that everybody hoped would last forever because it meant that something else mattered besides all of the shiny stuff if that I, makes sense I, I feel about this week I feel about like I did when I found out Santa Claus wasn't real it it, it, it shows you the, the, it showed me that quality is not the most important thing in this industry and that sucks it's also like goes to show like how far a really small team can go that by too. themselves, right. and the fact that they like made all these great beers and got as far as they did with just that small team, like, well, and and, and that that gets back to like you know, 
it doesn't really matter like how many people you have on your team, but you got to support your local. If you love a brand, you need to get down there, and you need to bring your friends. You need to. That was the you know, post that packs. I read today. Yeah. Well, it's like don't do it after they close. Do there, it now while they're open. There, there's a lot of people that are saying that, and I will extend this invite. Pretty much every Sunday, I'm in two to three to four breweries. So everybody hit me up on social media. I'll let you know. We'll go because I try to do that. And the reason I do it is because I consider people in this industry to be my friends. I'm not doing it because I think this beer is better than another or because I happen to be in the neighborhood. I think, by God, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while. I'm going to go see what's going on. I'm going to see how they're doing. Well, that's really the best part about the craft beer community, too. It's, uh, you know, everyone's always like, hey, street side and blank slater down the street from Bad Tom. Like, are you competing against them? No, we're not, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, we're working together. You trying know? to build something. and I, Yeah. I think I, I, and I, I hope a lot of these people have changed kind of the way they they talk about things and handle things. But for a long time, people would you know um, give me and other people shit about supporting breweries that they didn't feel were worthy of being supported. They weren't their favorite place, mm-hmm. and I I think this idea of it growing into something is important. And and to, like you thought, to your friends and places that you. You support because you believe in something else that's there, and I, I yeah. It, 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 the, the, you don't the have to, you know. I, I've seen people talk about blank slate. No, they were making the best beer in the city. You should have been there, and it's like that's not why you should be somewhere. You don't go somewhere just because they're making the best beer in the city, because then you're going to one brewery that has the best beer. What about that place that's next door mm-hmm. that doesn't have the best beer? But has something else, right. and, and and turn this whole thing like just so if you believe in somebody or something, support it. Well, and and at the end of the day, the the craft beer fan is a craft beer fan. Bud Miller Coors drinkers are Bud drinkers, Miller drinkers are Coors drinkers. Craft beer people don't buy one craft beer, and that's it. So to sit there and, and tell somebody that oh well, you should just go to that one, like you said, that's kind of disingenuous. It's not the reality of the situation. I, I don't want anybody to come just to Bad Tom. I want you to come to Bad Tom and enjoy our beers and go other places as well because you're going to get flavors there that you're not going to get here. You're going to get styles there you're not going to get here. You're going to see something new in the tap room. You might get different brats from Tony <laughs> in other <laughs> well, tap rooms. You, so you, you, it's a different experience, and you should experience it all because I, I think when you do, you're going to appreciate the experiences you have here all the more. Well, and sometimes there's something that that clicks, too, that you might not have. So, like, you, we've all been to a brewery that... We're like, oh, this beer, you know, whatever, it's it's beer. And then you get to that one beer in your flight, and you taste something that's that gets something going in your head. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I, this is this is different. This is, you know, your first IPA or your first sour beer or something. You, you drink it, and you don't like it. It doesn't mean you shouldn't go back to that brewery. It means that there's something for you to play with and something for you to experiment with and think about and... I don't know how to and put the, it into words. And there's, there's very few of the craft breweries that have the same beers all the time as well. I mean, whether it's seasonal changes or, or trial beers or just flat-out new beers that are going to be there all on the regular, there's always new things to try, even at old breweries. That's why I like going to Dogberry. Exactly. <laughs> always you never know what the hell you he's going to come up with. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to get up there like... 
I want to take that Cincy Brew oh. Buzz because there's some some Cincy breweries Brew on the out, like the uh, fantastic sponsor of Cincy Brewcast. <laughs> yes, there's some breweries on the out, like Outer Ridge that I don't really feel like driving after I had a couple beers. <laughs> you know, well, I was want to play it safe at March first, the first time I went there. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised that you know they're doing the kind of beer that they're doing is drinkable beer as they put mm-hmm. it but that denali that they have is just it's, yeah. it's fantastic it's delicious yeah you know and, and you wouldn't expect that to come out of a newborn brewery like them you know it's like that, damn, that prides themselves on ciders and lagers right. and, and, and yeah. booze i can't wait to try their vodka i know <laughs> <laughs> i um I, I have lots of faith that Shea is a fantastic distiller, and I, that's probably all I should say. <laughs> you don't expect, I mean, it's not often that you walk into a craft brewery, and right across the hall you see, you know, a copper still for, for mm-hmm. brewing vodka. It's, well, it's, it's got to be the one of the only ones in town, I would think. The, the first time I walked in there, and, you know, you don't see the still at first. You're looking at all these big, beautiful stainless tanks, you know, just just flawless, beautiful, polished. And then you turn, and there's this copper, beat up, like, you know, it, it, it it's the complete, like, opposite of everything else that's happening around it. And there it just sits with all these lights on. It's beautiful. So if anybody hasn't been there, go there. It's, it's, it's yeah. a pretty neat place. Um, let's talk about Bruce City Sausage. You guys are, well, I think you guys, you are just kicking ass right now with um, all kinds of stuff on your plate. Yeah. The, I, I think we mentioned Oktoberfest it. Oktoberfest is coming up. I mean, this is kind of brat season, mm-hmm. you know, next week. Always brat season. It's always brat season, especially, <laughs> yeah, I mean, growing out's good, but I mean, this I'm is. I'm a Wisconsinite, so <laughs> that's always true. So. There you go. See, so if he's from Wisconsin and he likes our stuff, it must be pretty good. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, we got, um, you know, October Fuel uh, is our October Fest. Right. And that's Wonderful beer. Wonderful beer. And then, um, you know, we've got all the fall stuff coming out. I mean, we'll be down at Oktoberfest this year. And, you have uh, a Cold Hearted Killer. We do. The Cold Hearted Killer is our stout worst. And. You know, when we first started doing all the, all this stuff, we were kind of trying to come up with names, you know. And I thought, well, just call it what the beer is. I mean, you know, so Hopwurst is Psychopathy. You know, our bourbon worst is Kentucky Bourbon Ale. So it's kind of identifiable with, you know, what beer we're using. And each one, you know, has a different different flavor profile. But you guys have tried them. I, I love the ones with dark beers. I, um, I think they... I, the hoppy ones are great, but... Well, those, this, those, those dark ones the are Russian fantastic. Imperial Stout from here, um, when we first made them, I mean, they almost came out black. <laughs> and, I mean, I've never, you know, if you're a consumer and you're looking at a brat and it's almost colored black, you think it's like, you know, something's wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the couple that I took home a couple weeks ago uh, to my girlfriend, like, she loved them. And, oh, man. This really hit that flavor on the spot. It's good. It's good. It's, he does amazing things. I've I still have never had a beer brought from somebody else that really kind of taps into the flavors of the beer the way that, that yours do. So well, when you guys, uh, you know, once a month we hold those sausage making classes. So anytime you guys want to come down and see how it's all done, you know, I'd love have, to have you. That would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's the whole process, and you will, you take home about twenty pounds of sausage, and you do all. <laughs> I've been down with that. You do all the processing and everything, so you know you do it all hands on. It's uh, it's a hell of a class, and 
you know, it's about four hours, and you, you get to see, you know, what we do and how well, we do it. And if you can't make that, you can still find your sausage kind of all around town. You've got nice little pockets on. We just on, added the party source. That's what I heard. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. In, uh, Newport. Nice. So they now have, as of today, I just delivered uh, four cases of bourbon worst and four cases of October fuel, October worst. So those are available now at the party source. And then starting next week, those will be available at all our retailers. When you buy your beer brats get some of that beer too because i think that that lifts it to a whole nother point I mean, they're, they're good by themselves but if you have it with the beer that they're made with you start to get all of those flavors that kind of go back and forth between the two so yeah, yeah nine giant did um did one with uh, one of their beers and then they had a uh, they actually had a i want to say a competition but you know they held a couple different like Johnsonville's and some some other local guys, and they put mm-hmm. all of them out there, and they said, you know, out of these, which ones do you guys think the best? And it was, I think, nine out of ten people that actually filled the survey thing out was you know, voted for us, and I'm like, it was a blind study. <laughs> I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like when we were down at uh, the Altec. Uh, oh, beer yeah. fest, like you, you guys sold out. Disaster. That's hilarious. <laughs> you guys have the like longest line of any other food industry. So, I guess we should talk about that too. There is the Bratmobile now, which if you yeah. haven't seen it around town, you need to get out to more events. But um, yeah, it's available for anybody that wants to book us. Um, but basically, it's just showcasing you know our our sausages, and then we have a number of different items on there. What that, is it? The three little pigs? Is that what it's three called? Three-legged pig? Oh, yeah, I gave God, that then. to you on that day dude, you were let's making not your talk tour. About <laughs> we, we actually haven't talked about that at all on the show yet, um, about my day. Is there, is there a reason? <laughs> I, no, 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 no reason. Well, you know, when you came up to about Valley Vineyards during the memory. wine festival, I'm thinking, this guy, he's, he's got to go to 28, 29 breweries, and this is like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And you came up, and I'm like, dude, you need food. And so I just handed it out to women, and I'm like, here, eat. I don't remember what stop. Do you, did I tell you what stop it was? I think you were on like six or seven at the no, time. No, it was more than that, because we were on our... Yeah, I was switching between... Yeah, it might have been early, because I was switching drivers at that point, so my wife was picking yeah, it was us early up. in the afternoon, and I was like, man, you got a long day ahead of you. Oh, you I was like, you need some food. Little did I know how long it actually was going to be. <laughs> Um, so anybody who doesn't bird, anybody fly. who doesn't know what we're talking Jail about, bird. just get on the gnome dot com and look up the biggest Cincinnati beer tour ever, or just go. There's a little search bar on the right. Just type in jail, and uh, should should come right up. My poor wife. Uh, That's a shame that that went down the way it did at the end, but yeah. you know, is well, there a mugshot out there? Uh, there is a mugshot. Ooh. You have to know my actual name, but yeah, you can find it on online. No shit, yeah. you got a mugshot. Oh yeah, I got a mugshot. Yeah. <laughs> they woke me up at I think like the gnarly Capone. <laughs> <laughs> they woke me up at like four a.m. and called me out and said, "Look straight ahead," and I didn't know because the camera is like in the ceiling. Like they don't stand there with a camera, and. She's like, all right, you're done. I'm like, what did you just do? And she's like, I took your picture. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like, I didn't know that's what you were doing. <laughs> so my hair's all messed up because I've been asleep. And, oh, man, it's bad. It's, yeah. It's yeah. like, you come to me on the day. <laughs> <laughs> the last stop of my tour. You trying to arrest me. <laughs> I did. I did. pretty good. Live it, Matt. That's Live pretty it. good. I did learn um, if you get arrested with meth, what you're supposed to do. I learned that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
I learned I learned all kinds of fun Can stuff. Can you say uh, I, I just got to write down some notes? No, <laughs> I, just kidding. I learned how to make a pillow out of a roll of toilet paper. Um, I wish I'd known that before when I when I first got in. So it was like as I was walking up. Was, <laughs> Did you never camp as a child? Well, no. So okay, I'll, t- I'll tell the one story because it's pretty funny. So I, you know. The, the the I don't know if it's the I don't know the terms here. It's like some kind of holding cell that I was in all night. Um, there was probably like seven guys in there, and everything was was it's good. called the Every, drunk tank. It, 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 they weren't all drunk though. It was all it just, no, it was just everything. You. It was <laughs> it's, everybody went there first. I was not drunk for the record. Um, uh, everybody was was very calm. It was a very it, you know, it was, it was okay. Everybody, you know, most people were sleeping and stuff, and probably, again, probably four or five a.m. something like that. They're bringing somebody else in, and you can hear him coming down the hallway, and he's just yelling and screaming at the top of his lungs that he needed a roll of toilet paper, and just all the way down. And they open the door and they're putting him in. He's just screaming, "I need toilet paper now! I need toilet paper!" Meanwhile, all right, so now, now my brain starts going like, "Oh my god, no! Like everything's been great. You know, the the room, mind you, is just." concrete nothing else except a toilet right in the middle of the room i'm like oh god this guy's gonna come in here and do something very terrible <laughs> and just make the rest of my day just absolutely miserable so he's screaming and the guard's like I'll, I'll bring it to you he doesn't stop the guard goes to get his foot he's the whole time he's just screaming 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 so the guard comes back opens the door swings it open just throws the toilet paper at the guy he's like here's your roll of toilet paper and he slams the door and the guy catches it and gets this look and yeah, now I got my pillow. Puts on his head, lays down, goes to sleep. Smooth. Oh, I'm looking, man, if I had known that four hours ago, I could have actually got some sleep. But so, if you go to jail, ask for a roll of toilet paper. Ask for a roll of toilet paper as soon as you get in there. I need toilet paper and I need something to drink. And I don't know if they'll give you a newspaper, but that would be helpful to have something to do. Uh, so. Are you playing golf this year? That's what we need to talk about. I'm not playing golf. I'm going to create content. The, you gotta play. I, so, I want to create some kind of a show, some kind of other things that I'm working on some stuff that yeah. needs content, um, and I want to create that, but I will be there. What's the date? Monday, October So, 2nd. we're talking about the Brewers Potentially. Open. The Brewers Open. I know what you're talking about. It's potentially... Um, I've got a, I've got an engagement that weekend. We, we I don't, don't know have if to I'll talk about individual plans right now. Yeah. We, we <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Look. So the Brewers Open is a charity golf tournament. Right. Year two, year, year two, year one was fantastic, but I think everything that could have been improved on, I think you've kind of nailed it this time, and have got everything kind of worked out to where it's going to be, yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah. yeah. So. It's, uh, Glenview is where we're hosting it this year, and uh, it's the number one public course in the city, and they have 27 holes, <clears throat> so it'll allow us a lot more flexibility and freedom, you know, to, to put breweries out on the course. Uh, last year, we kind of had, we, we wanted to accumulate everybody at the end of the tournament in one room, only the way that we did dinner didn't quite help work that out, so this year, it's a buffet-style and uh, everybody will be in the same room at the same time. And more beer on the course? Yes. Um, we'll have beer out on the course. Plus, they have this huge tent right outside of the uh, clubhouse where we'll be able to set up beer stations under the tent. 
And so between 9 and 10, when you make the turn, you can sample beer under the tent as you make the turn, plus it'll be out on the course as well. So be plenty of beer to drink. So yeah. guess where the, the line for the, the, the next hole will be? It'll be between 9 and 10 right there. There'll be a little line right. of people. That, uh, <laughs> I, I, I expect that 10 will probably be open most of the day. <laughs> because by the time you come off 9, you're going to spend you know, 15, 20 minutes probably drinking beer before you go on to the next hole. So, so for anybody that wants to play, they can get online now, um, get the cheaper yep. registration price because it does go up, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, it's uh, August 31st is the early bird end for early bird registration. And that just helps us uh, know how many people to plan for. So we got to order, you know, the swag bags and the golf balls and, the, you know, all the, all the benefits that you get right. coming on board. Uh, we need to know what that number is, you know. And so that's why we put the early bird rate on. Uh, we'll keep accepting, you know, admissions until probably I think it's the 19th of September. Um, and then after that, I have to give the golf course, you right. know, the number of players. But last year, we had 136 players. I think we had uh, eight eight breweries. And so this year, what I really like is that the proceeds from it are going to go to uh, the Brewing Heritage Trip. Right. Nice. And so it's kind of keeping it all themed and related to, mm-hmm. you know, craft beer in the city. And I think, you know, our heritage as a brewing city... And our heritage is a Porkopolis city, you know, are two of the things close to my heart because that's what <laughs> we do, you know. And uh, and then I love the golf, so you know, it's uh, it's a great way for breweries just to get out and have fun. And it's a lot mm-hmm. of times when you do the beer festivals and stuff, you got to work, you got logistics, you got to do this, you got to do that, you know. Yes. Here you this just, is a very you know, different type of yeah. Here event. you just show up and uh, golf and drink beer and have fun, you know. <laughs> and it's uh, it's a great way to network. You can bring out you know supporters, backers of your brewery. You know, regular clients, whoever you want. You know, yeah, it's, it's just a great way to just come out and have fun. If you're a brewery who hasn't signed up yet, I'm assuming you will still take some brewery sponsorships. Sure, we've got um, you've got until the 31st to sign up a brewery, same as the players. And then uh, what's what's kind of cool this year is that if you sign up as a brewery, you have to get in touch with the CRC, and they have to put you in their system as a vendor. So then you're in as a vendor. So you're in as a so, vendor. And so that um, opens up the doors for you to try and sell beer so to them in now, 2018. <laughs> so I know of a brewery who one of their employees is uh, getting married very, very soon at one of the venues at one of the local golf courses. And they were trying to find a way to have their employer have beer available. And they were trying to find a way around some of that stuff. Right. And I think I just figured it out for them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, a lot of courses... Just check your system. It's in there. (laughs) A lot of courses, they won't let you bring beer from the outside in. But in this instance, because of what we're doing, you know, and the magnitude of it... Well, this is a very small brewery that does not really send out kegs. And so would be self-distributed and would make everything kind of work out here really nicely. Yeah, the Easy Tap guy, the Easy Tap trailer guy, Mm -hmm. he's going to have his trailer out there, so... Um, you yeah. got a six tool, and all you got to do is slide it in there. Yep, yep. <laughs> Going to make a phone call tonight. <laughs> so, I mean, we we exhausted our show. We've we we burnt through it. What do you guys want to talk about? Is it is it the umbrella? Is it bursting? I guess that's my no. My that's big thing, no. You know? I'm like, I still know, think it's, it's far from it. Closed out of the blue. I don't think that it's going to. 
I don't think Cincinnati's craft scene is going to implode. You know, I think what's going on is it's really kind of neat, not just locally, but internationally. You've got it's just your neighborhood brewery, right? You know, it's not your neighborhood bar anymore; it's your neighborhood brewery, and I think that's kind of cool. You know, instead I, of well, yeah, and that's that's the success model. And that's what we're trying to do in Madisonville. That's what we're going to try to do in Ohio City yeah. is be the neighborhood bar that brews your own beer. And that's cool because, you know, it used to be your neighborhood bar, but you could only buy piss water. You right. know? Now you can go to your neighborhood brewery right. and you get good quality beer with good flavor. Yeah. Yeah, there, I still do not have a neighborhood brewery. Swine City, hurry up. Um, <laughs> what neighborhood? <laughs> Fairfield. 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 You okay. know, it's the, and there's there there are so many pockets around town where you don't have a place that you can get to. You know, you talk about I don't want to I don't want to drive all the way across town. It, it costs me a shit ton of money to get an Uber and come downtown. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it it doesn't cost that much to get an Uber and drive down the street in Fairfield and then right. come home. You know, like it. There there are still a lot of places that that are yeah. due, and I think that's when you talk about what a bubble means it means that you've exhausted the opportunities for another one and we're we're far from it right I, like i said I think, it, I think it's more that the business model or the expectations are changing yeah you know the day that you're going to come in and open up a brewery and put six different kinds of beer on the shelf at kroger that day might be gone you know you may you might have wanted to do that three or four years ago right but, you know, I, I grew up in Boone County. And just like what you were saying in Fairfield, mash cult's there, but they oh, don't Lord, have a tap room. Yeah. Northern and, Kentucky in general is still really yeah, sparse. And, you know, now I live Hurry close. Up, Alexandria. There, I was just going there. <laughs> I was just going there. I feel like they've been opening for five years. <laughs> now I, there's some truth to that. I think, I think he feels it's much longer than that. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I mean, and, so there's other pockets there, and then you get – you get into Kenton County, and you've got Braxton, which is huge, and they're in Covington, and then there's nothing south of right. that. So there's still a lot of pockets that you know that people say, "Oh, the, the city's flush." Well, is it? You know, and maybe it's not that places close. Maybe it's that you see a couple move, you know, or shift what they are. Yeah, you know, it's if you have a place. You know, I I, I don't want to use blank slate in any examples anymore, but no. a place that. When they open, they have an idea of, oh, we have to distribute, distribute. You know, that's 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 the way you do it. Yeah. They shift that idea and become something smaller, well, become neighborhood breweries. But at the time, tap rooms weren't a thing, right. so that had to be the model. Right. But but you know, from here and, and 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 going forward, like you, you can start to see what craft beer is becoming and what mm-hmm. what's going to work. And if you are opening up and you think, oh, we need to. We need to plan for distribution. We need to do this. We need to do that. You don't need to do that anymore. It's it's a different model now. You can be small and food, still work. You know, growth is is a very different thing now. Growth doesn't necessarily mean more beer. It just means kind of focusing in different areas and, and, and finding ways to make money without making more beer. Yeah, I mean, that's a... There's a lot to talk about. That's that's a whole show in itself, yeah. too. Yeah. How do you... It, it's... Uh, what I think that's really cool about Cincinnati is that it's kind of going back to the old medieval times um, where, like, every neighborhood had its own inn that had its own brewery and everything. So, 
we've gone from supporting local just because it was local to supporting local because it's in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And in return, that brewery is supporting the neighborhood right. and everything. So I'm not sure where the next trend will be. Um, you know, I went to, up to Yellow Springs uh, a couple months ago, and that was really cool. It was kind of like a... It, it was weird because like, it was a mix of like hippies and bikers, <laughs> and it was like the perfect mix. Right. Like everyone was getting along together and everything. The beers were great. Um, but I don't know if the new trend might be um, finding, like, a small town that has, like, a tourist attraction and just, like, creating a brewery there and being the only source of well, beer and, there. And Yellow Springs is fun because they'll, you know, they'll pepper beer out into the market a little bit and it'll, you'll, it'll show up at places down here, but not not like a Mad Tree would do or something like that where they have a shelf and you, you see it when you walk into a store in a new market or something. But it's just enough that you try it you like it like i want to go to the tap room i want to go there you know little fish is fantastic about it too you know they'll send some stuff over here and you get these people that taste their first little fish beer and they're like i need to go to athens Mm -hmm. and then it it creates some kind of bigger thing and gets you to the tap room and it's still about the tap room and selling beer there it's not this distribution model it's I would have never. Uh, I would have never taken an interest in going all the way out there unless I tasted the Jackie O's. Right. And once I had the, you know, I think the first one I had was a Raz Wheat, and I'm like, oh my god, this is good, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I had some more, and I'm like, man, they're cranking out some good beer. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even think of road trip. You know? <laughs> and if anybody hasn't made a road trip, you do need to make a road trip because there's three fantastic breweries in Athens. Um, we got a big one coming up in Columbus. I mean, what's your thoughts on those guys? Um, no. I will. Brewdog. Yeah, I will. I will definitely have some kind of thoughts on it here in the near future because I'm going. So, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, if they do what they did over overseas, I mean, <laughs> I actually know. went to one of their breweries in Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, their tap room, and <laughs> that was a memorable night. I won't get into details, but but you remember it, good or bad. <laughs> I remember being at the tap room. <laughs> It was a memorable night until I don't remember. <laughs> Just, uh, it's a. Uh... <laughs> we here at Bad Tom Smith encourage responsible drinking. Just it's okay. Like I was staying at a castle, so <laughs> unless you're staying in a castle, uh, yeah. Just like a five minute walk away. <laughs> uh, you know, Uber and Lyft and um, walking are, uh, I guess, the best friend of the drinker. Which that reminds me of our night at Country Boy. Oh, jeez. You stayed at a castle near Country Boy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's actually a castle in for sales. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. like, me and my girlfriend had to lug this guy's ass around. <laughs> no, it was a fun night, though. I had to grip. <laughs> hey, thanks again for the beer. <laughs> well, guys, um, is there anything else that you uh, you want people to know that they do not know? We'd love um, to know. Our Jackson oh. Hustler Belgian Wit is coming up. Um, two weeks. If, if About two weeks, yeah. Even beyond that, if you have not been to Bad Tom in, in in a while is not even like a good way to put it. If you haven't been to Bad Tom recently in the last... I'd say in the last six just, months. I mean, it, it just keeps changing and keeps improving on a lot of different fronts. So just, just come here and try the beer. For God's sake, just try the beer. And if you like it, tell people you like it. And... Um, 
Yeah. Awesome record collection, for, too. For all of the people that are still yeah. being assholes We're, that haven't been here, stop being an asshole. We are working on that with the record player, actually, where I want to do some kind of sign-up sheet where you can come in and either and sign up like karaoke or, or something like that and do kind of spin your own records and... and I'll pick one person every week on out of the sign-up sheet, and they'll win a howler as well. That's fine. So bring your own records in, or you know, you can use ours and take a ten or fifteen-minute segment, depending on a weekday or weekend afternoon. I'm sorry, weekend afternoon, um, probably Saturdays because we're not going to really run into go up against football. I don't think the NFL. I don't know. I think this next week there is a game every single day. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this week there's a game every single day. Yeah. Pre- preseason doesn't count now. It's <laughs> still football. It's kind of. After, after a whole summer of watching the Reds, I'm really excited to watch some football. The, the, the last time I went to a preseason game, my buddy and I ended up at the logger house by halftime. So. Yeah, that still counts. You were close. <laughs> So, but Anything yeah, else? So come, la- come to Bad Tom. The last thing is I want to thank you for coming out as oh, well and, and yeah, thanks, scheduling Charlie. us in. We yeah. always had enjoy having you out, and thanks for coming out for the brew day. Of and course. Glad you got to finally try some. Absolutely. Get, get Reynolds Sorry, off your back. Sorry, Andy Reynolds. I finally have the beer, and it's amazing. <laughs> 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 and open your brewery. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting close. You'll Woo! be able to read about it all on the gnarlygnome.com very soon. Um, everybody, come to Bad Tom. Get some Brew City Brats. Um, BrewCityBrats.com. Does that sound right? Is that the website? Look at me. I know everything. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Facebook, if Facebook is still working. If not, get on iTunes. <laughs>